Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. You talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Holly. (laughs) I'm Holly Craig, author of The Shallows, which is out next June, and I'm speaking to authors Jodie Gibson and Philippa Kay, and we are taking over Danny V's Words and Nerd podcast. This is really exciting. Our theme for today is a this versus that theme on all things writing, books, publishing, Um, So it's going to be really great. And I'm just going to start by actually asking you both, what are you working on now? What books have you written? Um, And just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're working on now. So I'm going to start with you, Jodie. Tell me what you're up to. Thanks, Holly. And hello to all the listeners out there. Um, My name is Jodie Gibson and I'm the author of two novels. My first novel is The Memories We Hide, which I self-published in 2019. And my second novel was published in 2021 by Brio Books. Um, That one's the five-year plan. Um, So they're my two novels that are out in the world at the moment. And I'm currently working on another women's fiction novel, um, as well as a couple of more sort of crimey, thrillery, domestic noirs. Um, So I've got a couple on the go at the moment, sort of keeping me very busy and challenging me, that's for sure. That sounds awesome. What about you, Pip? Oh, well. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name's Philippa Kay. Um, I've got a book coming out in April called Girl Detectives Just Want to Have Fun. (laughs) So it's a sort of like a cosy mystery. So I'm, I'm actually doing the, I'm actually writing the, second one of those so the protagonist birdie mealing is her name so i'm writing another birdie mealing mystery um but same with jody i'm doing like a little short story and then actually i quite like the character that's in the short story so i'm thinking i might make a book out of her um and i've got another book that i wrote that um that holly's seen a little bit of that one day i'd like to maybe get published as well Yeah, I hope you do, Pip. I love that one. (laughs) Um, This is great. So I think this conversation is going to be really interesting because we're all at either different stages of our publishing journey and we've all gone through um, the publishing process in different kind of ways and and gone down different avenues to be published. Um, So I'm just going to start by asking you, Jodie, before we get into the this versus that theme, can you tell me a little bit about Brio Books and, and how you got into that? Sure. So um, with Brio, I actually Brio, um, was sorry. introduced to them through um, a contact after I did an ASA workshop, an online workshop. That's the Australian Society of Authors. And it was on um, ind- independent publishing and digital publishing. And I had a few questions after the workshop. So I actually. Um, 
emailed uh, the presenter and we got to chatting just via email and he said, what are you working on? And I said, well, this is the one I'm working on. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to pitch it out there or if I'm going to self-publish as I did with my first one. And he said, let me have a look at it um, and I might have someone who might be interested in it. So I sent it off to him and he um, had a quick look at it. I don't, I don't think he read the whole thing, but he obviously liked the first couple of chapters and he introduced me to Fran- Francois McCarty, who is at Booktopia. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Booktopia were doing a merger deal with um, Brio Books. Um, so they're actually part of Booktopia Publishing. Um, and, yeah, so I was introduced and then I was offered a, a contract uh, for the five-year plan, which was good. Um, but I actually, I only sold them the print rights to the five-year plan. I actually retained the audio and the ebook rights because I was quite confident in, in managing that. I was really after um, someone to, I guess, have a, a better distribution reach that the more traditional public publishing houses can offer. So, so that's how I, I got introduced and we went from there. That is so cool. And I think because of your experience, which I can't wait to ask you about, your past experience with, you know, um, indie publishing and all that kind of stuff would have really, like, put you in that kind of savvy business mindset where you would be recognising, well, hang on a minute, I can make money off, you know, audio rights or whatever later later down the track. So you're lucky, I feel like, in that way. Yeah, I think it definitely helped my uh, dipping my toes into the independent publishing waters first. Uh, it's definitely a, a steep learning curve and it's a never-ending learning curve really. Um, so I, I sort of had a basic idea of of what rights were and, and how the, how it all worked, I guess. So I had that background knowledge, which a lot of new authors don't have. Um, I know when I first started writing, I had absolutely no idea about the publishing industry and I'm still learning things today. There's just so much to know about the different types of publishing. So, yeah, it was definitely a bonus. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, so, yeah, authors just don't have any of that kind of knowledge. Debut authors, there's so many things as well that I'm, because I'm at, you know, I'm at the process now where I'm only just starting to finishing off my structural edits and then going into my copy edits with my debut novel. So I haven't even gone past where you're at now. So there's so much that I'm learning and it was so many different, you know, terms that the that your agent gives you or your publisher gives you and you just think, oh, my gosh, I don't understand what this, what this means. And I guess we're so lucky, aren't we, on Instagram to have such a supportive online writing community. Mm. Um, what about you, Pip? Tell me about how you um, secured the deal with your publisher. Um, well, I sort of, I just, I wrote the book and then I did actually sort of get an editor to look at it and give me some ideas. So I don't know whether it's called a structural edit, but it was sort of like a structural edit. And then I sort of re- had a look at that and redid sort of bits and pieces of it. And then I sort of just put it out there. I had already done, um, with the first book that you've read a little bit of, Holly, I had done the literacy speed dating through the ASA. And a couple of people had looked at it. Actually, Francois was one of the people who looked at it. Um, and a couple of agents, and I think maybe, I can't remember, was it was a firm or Pantera, um, but nothing ever really came of that. And I think I was at the stage where I wanted to get published. I wanted something to be happening, whether it would 
was myself or traditional and sort of traditional wasn't picking up anything. So I just sort of thought, well, I'll do it myself. But the publisher that I'm with is a what's called a hybrid publisher. So it's not self-publishing and it's not traditional publishing. It's sort of somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So they sort of go along on the process with you. So um, they will help me edit it. They will help me do the, the cover design. Um, they will help with distribution and marketing and all the things that I suppose Jodie would have had to do learning on her own. I will also learn, but I'll have sort of someone coming with me. Mm. Someone yeah. holding your hand. Yes. So they're, they're, so there's a few um, hybrid publishers in Australia and um, apparently the hybrid publishers in Australia are <laughs> – Thank you. My husband's just passing me some wine. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Essential. A good husband. Yeah. <laughs> the hybrid publishers in Australia actually have a pretty good rap, whereas some of the ones in other parts of the world don't. Um, and there's one, I know there's one in Western Australia that's that's quite well received and um, Nightstand Press is another one that's, that's come on board. Um, and I think they have... They're just sort of going along with the the author and helping them on their journey, and you sort of make money together. I think that's how it works. That's amazing. That's yeah. so different. So, and so that's what I love about, I guess, our this versus that theme, which we'll get into, is um, I've gone completely opposite as well. So I'm I'm um, with Thomas and Mercer, who are the thriller and crime imprint of um, of Amazon Publishing over in the UK and the US. And so I have skipped the traditional publishing route as well, Um, even though I went through and I got, you know, I have my literary agent, which is over in London and went down that avenue, but then ended up going with Thomas and Mercer. Um, And I feel like you were saying, Jodie, before, like I feel so happy now because there's just such a massive scope being with like a um, a digital publisher. It's great as well because people can um, also order in, you know, hardback or paperback if they want to. And then I also got a two-book deal with Audible UK, which was a separate um, contract. So it's, it's you know, I've gone down that route. So um, it's really interesting. So now like, that brings me into the next kind of question. What would you prefer, like online and hybrid kind of publishing or traditional publishing and, and what have you heard of and what are the differences between that? So start with you, Jodie. I think firstly what the great thing is that for authors these days there are so many different publishing options that weren't around even 10, 20 years ago. Um, obviously self-publishing was starting to come in maybe about 20, 15 years ago in its very early stages where people were just dabbling and just throwing things up online pretty much Mm. um, with no real focus on how good the quality was. So I guess at first self-publishing had that bit of a a stigma about it, which has absolutely gone full circle now. Um, It is definitely um, a a great way for people to publish and to do it properly. Um, And then, of course, you have your traditional publishers, which have always been there. Um, And you also have, as Pip said, the hybrid publishers, so where you're getting a little bit of both, you're getting that assistance along the way and you still have some control over the journey. So I think what it comes down to when with publishing options is what do you want out of it? Um, 
independent publishing, you need to have a business brain as well because you are running a business. You are everything. You are the publisher. You are the author. You are the marketer. You're handling things with different editors and cover designers. Um, Mm. You are getting all of your finances together and doing all your spreadsheets and keeping all of that bookkeeping intact as well. So you really need to have a good grasp on that and want to do that side of publishing and if that's not for you then maybe the traditional route would be better because someone else is doing all of that for you and you're pretty much just writing the books and and obviously doing marketing and social media and all of those things that the authors need to do today and hybrid is somewhere in the middle so I think it comes down to what you want and for that book um, I'm with Brio at the moment and I will give them option with my next book Um, with my other books I might want to go the traditional route um, or I might go back into purely independent it just depends on where I'm at and I guess what I want for that book and like I said that's that's a great thing with publishing options you people have those choices authors have the choices and there are a lot of authors who are hybrid who have traditional deals for some books and they're independently publishing other books so I think it's just fantastic there's so many options yeah and um it's funny because with me at first I, I I had a real kind of a funny moment at first where my agent, you know, took my book out on su- to submission, um, you know, to all the traditional publishers. And then when Audible UK were actually the first to offer me a two-book contract um, through the Frankfurt Book Fair, and then um, my my agent Jade said to me, okay, now let's take it to Thomas and Mercer because Amazon owns Audible. I thought, oh, my gosh, but this isn't the way that I'm imagining this, I thought it was going to be, you know, with a traditional publisher like HarperCollins or Penguin or whatever. And and it's like this, so it's, it's it really um, at first made me feel strange. I thought this isn't the way that it's meant mm-hmm. to go. But then I realised, well, Thomas and, um, Thomas and Mercer are still a, a publisher. They still, um, you know, they still only take submissions from agents. They still give you a contract and it's the same. It's just that it's online. Um, I won't ever see my book in a bookshop. And so that really felt weird to me um, mm. and getting my head around that. And then now mm. I feel like, no, actually, I'm so happy because now my market, um, you know, is the UK and the US. I've got a much bigger scope um, and I've just been working with the most incredible publishers because they bring um, freelance publishers over from other companies and stuff as well. So it's been such a great experience so far that I'm actually now thinking, would I ever even want to go traditional? I don't know. Um, mm. What about you, Pip? What do you think would be the, like, what, what was your kind of ideal yeah. publisher? Did you want traditional or online well, or...? Yeah, well, I sent it off to traditional. And as I said before, I got a little bit of interest. And I think it went to it, like one of them, it went to like the table talk that they talk about having. Um, and so I was a bit excited. But then I just sort of thought, well, the same. I, I think I had a vision in mind, but I think I was also open to, you know, self-publishing. And then I was open to hybrid publishing. So I, I think with Shoreline, so I'm I'm published. My book's being published through Shoreline Publishing. <laughs> I probably should have mentioned them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so that it's going to be digital, and they'll I'll actually have a hard copy as well. Yeah. So 
I'll be able to hold my book, which yeah, is sort of amazing. exciting, but yes. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. There are, like, I've looked, even since I've started this, I've looked at other ways that you can do it. And, um, you know, some of those places that sell, that that have like thrillers and cozy mysteries and things like that, they're purely online because people mm. just read them and read them and read them and read them a bit like a romance like novels people just read them they're crazy for them so they just they want them they want to click they want it in their hand they don't want to have to go to shop and get it they want it now they want another one now and if it's all online and it's Mm. all digital then they can get whatever they want so I don't think it really matters anymore so long as Mm. my whole goal was I've written these books I want people to read them yeah. absolutely yeah Yeah. and I think that's the main thing for everyone for for authors to realize that you can get your book out there and you can get people to read it. And uh, that's the bottom line. That's what you want. That's yeah. why you write for other people exactly. to read your stories. Yeah. 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 And being able to just, yeah, hold a physical copy as well to me was just something that I could, I just cannot wait for that moment when I get to do that. But yeah, it's all about your hard work paying off and, mm. and people reading it. Um, So that then brings me into we've spoken a little bit about you know digital pub versus traditional pub and um and you know who we're with and and our experiences so far um what about I love this question this is something that I've actually asked with Polly Phillips as well on our own podcast but what about have you ever considered going international like the way I've gone um and got my you know UK um agency rather than doing it here in Australia Let's talk about this versus that in terms of international deals, international publishers and agents versus Australian and what our experiences are with that. So um, do you want to start, Jodie? Sure. Um, so because I've retained my ebook rights uh, for the five-year plan and obviously for my independent novel, The Memories We Hide, um, that's international. So you can get the ebook all over the world in all of the the territories so I have that option which is great for the print versions of of the five-year plan that is only Australia with Brio so um, that's not available in a hard copy form anywhere else in the world Um, so I think I, I kind of agree with Pip that it depends on the genre and there it just opens comes back to that digital availability um, which I think is great that you can have your ebook up online and anyone in the world can get it with the print copies it's a little bit harder Um, I believe that you actually need a literary agent to um, get deals in the UK and the US so if I was to look at that I would have to go down the agent route agent route to to try and get deals for the print Um, so yeah I think again it, it comes back to what you want for your book and I think the digital world opens up for you if in the ebook format yeah Yeah. and I think as well um especially now like with COVID and people being locked Mm. down and I know a lot of authors over in the UK that I know like suffered massively um during COVID when their books were actually being launched in hardback you know, in mm. bookstores and then they couldn't, their, you know, readers couldn't even go and get them. Um, and then they lost, you know, so much money from that, the publishers. So that's another, I think, benefit now in this day and age and with what's going on, um, having digital only um, or, you know, digital option. Mm. Um, 
And so what about, so let me ask why or like, I, oh, sorry, Pip, let me go on to you first. So oh, tell well, me. I, I think my um, my book will be on Barnes & Noble. Which oh, is great. That, that's the UK one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously ebooks. And you can buy mine through Shoreline Publishing, have their own website. Plus, Shoreline Publishing have independent bookshops, not overseas, but in um, Australia. So you can actually go in and buy it, or you can buy it online from Shoreline. But when <coughs> I didn't, I sort of looked, when I was looking at trying to find an agent, I did notice that, you know, because, you know, you do these things and you're looking at everything, you're trying to learn everything and you're watching everything and looking at everything and talking to everyone and trying to give as much information as possible. Mm -hmm. And I did notice that there's a lot of agents in the UK, a lot. And um, they are looking, like they often say, you know, submissions are open. But I think it was scary to me because it's the UK. It's like an unknown. I don't know what's going Mm. on there. But since I've known you, Holly, and your agent is from the UK and, you know, her agency has that open day and all the rest of it, I don't think I'd be scared now to actually Mm. maybe send stuff to English agents. I don't think I would be. I think I'd be okay to do that now. I I think think it scared me before. Yeah, and I think before COVID, and I said this in the podcast with Polly previously, um, it was almost like not an option. They weren't even, some agencies weren't even looking at um, international writers, only people that were in, based in the UK. And then when COVID happened, they kind of opened the doors to everyone. And they, I was so surprised, like they didn't even care where I was from. And I felt so lucky. Um, and that's the next thing I kind of want to ask here is, whether or not, and, you know, obviously, you know, you two haven't had experiences with agents yet, have you? Have you ever? No. So I want to find out what it's like to not have an agent versus what it is, what it's like to have one, because to me I feel like I can't live without <laughs> my agency. <laughs> um, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, Dali Anderson, who I'm with, they've got, like, their big foreign rights team and and they um, work with, like, really really reputable um, authors and they've got like a great, um, you know, history and they're commercially minded, all that kind of stuff. But not only that, I love the fact that when um, it's going through to like contract stage and submission stage, they get to be the bad guy for you, like the middle man, and they get to be the one that's, um, you know, speaking on your behalf and trying to get as much, you know, money as they possibly can for a contract and all that kind of stuff. And um, what was it like for you, Jody, doing it initially without an agent and having to go through all that kind of stage, stages on your own? Well, I did initially pitch the memories we hide to a couple of agents um, and had, uh, you know, nice feedback, but they weren't willing to take it on I think because it it straddled a couple of genres really and that was the issue with it Um, but once I published independently and then it wasn't until I was offered the contract with Brio that I thought gee an agent would be really handy here (laughs) I'm looking at this contract going it sounds great but is it great I don't know (laughs) so I actually had um, Alex Adset um, she's an agent here in Australia yeah. who um, also provides um, a contract evaluation service. So um, I gave her the contract to look through and she had a, a quite um, great look through it for me. And, you know, there was a few things here and there that she said I should question, but it was only at that moment that I thought, yeah, 
I would really love an agent. <laughs> so if I was going to go down the traditional route in future with any of my manuscripts, I think I would pitch to an agent before I pitch to a publisher. Um, yeah. I think we're lucky here in Australia because you can pitch directly to publishers. Mm. So you can cut out that middleman. But I think there are so many services and just just the connection you can have with your agent that I've heard from other authors who have agents. Um, they speak so highly of that connection and having someone in your corner, I guess, yeah. you know, batting yeah. for you and yeah. they know who to pitch to and, and they obviously can help you with contract advice and be that that bad guy who says, hey, no, you can't do this or we need to, we need to talk about this issue in clause number nine. Um, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think I'd definitely look at the agent route if I was going uh, traditional um, again. I've noticed a few Australian authors like just recently actually that have just become published and they don't have an agent and now they're thinking, mm-hmm. oh, now I want to get one, which I think would be easier once you've actually got a publishing contract as well. What about you, Pip? What's your experience with agents and would you like one or, or not? Um, yeah, I think sometimes I, I think I would like an agent and I think sometimes I, I think I would like to be traditionally published. Um, but I am sort of happy going along the way I am at the moment. Um, I don't want to say, oh, I don't want an agent. And I don't want to say, oh, I really want an agent. I think I just am happy to go through this first process, like Jody said, just sort of go through the process and see what it's like. And I sort of feel like, too, I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm going to be doing this for a long time. So, you know, maybe I will sell some books and maybe I will be more attractive to an agent. So I think I'm just going to go on the ride yeah, <laughs> and see where it takes me and then, you know, reassess when the ride comes to an end <laughs> and see what else I want to do next. So I, I suppose we just have to wait and see, don't we? But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind an agent or a traditional published route or whatever. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm open. Yeah. I love how you're just so, this is yeah. just, I'm taking the ride. Like I'm yeah, yeah, riding yeah. this train. Yeah. Just so carefree. I know with myself, I, I was so impatient to be published when mm. I was, you know, looking into it and you're just so relaxed. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> I know I'm it's so impatient. <laughs> I think I, I just have so many conversations with myself in my head going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then the other side goes, oh, for God's sake, relax, take a breath, everything's okay. <laughs> and then the other side goes, oh, my God, what are you doing? You need to go faster so I have this conversation in my head all the time so I just yeah. I try to be chill yeah really it's refreshing yeah it's refreshing okay so I guess we've spoken about um you know this versus that when it comes to you know traditional publishers online publishers um having like you know all of your kind of books in Australia or having them internationally um, you know, this versus that when it comes to having an agent versus not having one. Um, what about now we talk a little bit about um, social media and promoting ourselves on social media and um, what what the differences would be between, you know, you, you come across um, authors who don't do anything on social media and they basically, the first thing they'll do is announce, oh, I'm an author and I'm getting a book published and then you won't hear about them until their book is actually out. And then there's people like me who I'm, I'm addicted to social media and Instagram. <laughs> but then sometimes people, you know, I've seen you, Jodie, where sometimes you've been right in the, you know, in the mix of it and, and you're there and you're present and then you've taken a step back. So tell me what it's like to do both because I've kind of never done that. I've never stepped back <laughs> from it. 
I have a real love-hate relationship with social media. <laughs> there are parts of it that I absolutely love, obviously making connections, such as you lovely ladies. Yeah. Um, and the writing community online, particularly on Instagram, is absolutely fabulous, especially mm-hmm. here in Australia. I've made some some wonderful writing friends and some great connections. So it's great for that. And it's great to reach out to readers and to hear from readers and mm. see when they've read your book and they leave you a review or they post it on their socials. That's that's absolutely fantastic. But there are times when I just feel like it's just so all-consuming and it feels like a chore and I think, oh, I have to post something today. What am I going to post? I'm just sitting at my computer again. How can that be interesting to someone else? Um, because it is. Are t- because, well, I, guess it is. I don't know. I find it interesting, but then I think, I don't know. So, yeah, there are times when I just say, okay, I'm, this is getting just too stressful for me. I just need to take a step back. And then, and then you worry about the algorithm. It's always about the yeah. algorithm. <laughs> But, but, yeah, I do probably two or three times a year take a week off and just step back and, and just step away. And I think I need that for my personality. Um, mm. I'm quite introverted and I, when I feel like something's getting too much, I just need to step back from it and, ha- and take a break and it works. And normally yeah. by the end of the week I'm like, yeah, I want to get back into it. Um, yeah. So, But, yeah, there are so many positives to it and like it or not, it's the world we live in and it is part of the promotional and marketing tools that we have at our disposal so that's what I was going to ask you actually Jodie do when you do take a step back do you feel like there's a shift in I don't know book sales or interest in you know your books and and sales or is there any sort of correlation there between um you know your book sales Yeah, not that I've seen, but I'm also very careful about when I step back. Like, obviously, I'm not going to step back the week I have a book coming out. Yeah, like, that would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's after usually after a book's come out and you've had the big initial yeah. sales period, and then I might just take a little break and then come back and and then you can push your book some more. Um, so I haven't seen a negative impact. I think perhaps if you are off for a longer period of time, say a month you would have to build your algorithm up again and make those connections. Um, but social media is really hard to get that return on investment data. You don't, unless someone specifically says, I saw your book on Instagram and I bought it because of that. You don't actually know. It's very hard to tell where those sales are coming from. So um, it's hard to know if, if it did affect sales or not. I didn't see yeah. it. Um, from the times that I have stepped back Um, but as I said if it was for a longer period of time I think it could it could have an impact if that's something that you're used to relying on yeah and so Pip you're someone who I don't really tend to see that much of other than your delicious cocktails on a Friday (laughs) (laughs) well I'm I'm a school teacher um, and so social media is sort of, it's like a double-edged sword. Like you see the kids on social media all the time and it's, you know, overtakes their lives. And so I was sort of, I'm sort of not, I wasn't on social media. I was sort of like, oh God, I'm just not going to go there. But I do understand 
that you have to promote yourself. And we talk about promoting ourselves and, you know, whether we're supposed to be talking about ourselves and how wonderful we are and please buy my book and things like that. There's this whole, like, you know, whatever going on about that. Um, so I do understand that I have to be out there and be promoting myself. And I think I agree with Jody. I met all these wonderful authors and, and have now a writing community because of Instagram. So that was the Rights for Women Challenge, February challenge where I started and now like that's I like 500 followers or 600 followers or whatever and all these wonderful women and men who are writers that I've met through that and <laughs> the cocktails well, Steve Steve does a lot of the cocktails my husband and one of the cocktails that he made it was like a um it had like 7,000 <laughs> 7,000 bloody views or something ridiculous oh, like wow. that. And so you do get this, you get into this mindset of, oh my God, 7,000 views, right? Well, what can I do to, to get another 7,000 views? <laughs> so yes. it's like, it, it is like a real double-edged sword. It, be- it? it can completely become addictive. And especially if you've got an addictive personality, which I think I probably do because I'm quite addicted <laughs> to it. But I am, um, I love it for like, I am on it a lot and I'm always constantly posting stories and all that. But I had, I had this discussion actually on the weekend with Pamela Cook and Lily Malone about this. And I was saying to them, they were saying like you, Jody, like it's a bit of mature and they you know don't really they don't get enough out of it whereas I really love it like I love taking pictures of my cheese platters and you know and just like places where I am or whatever I love putting it on there I actually enjoy doing it but what I um and what I find that I really do enjoy with it most is it's like the place where I can put up all my stuff, like my Riot Club um, information peep that you did with me. And like yeah. now I'm doing like manuscript assessing and mentoring and all these things that I can then, I can use it for that kind of promotion as a promotional tool as well. Not even so much for my writing, but all the other things that I'm doing on the side. It's the most perfect platform for that because you've got all your writing community there who are watching. Um, So I really do use it mainly for that and I love it for that reason. Um, But, yeah, I don't know what it would feel like for me to actually, in all honesty, take a step back from it. I I feel like I'd be lost. (laughs) Plus I work, like I work in schools and at the university the beginning of the week. So I'm really sort of, I feel like I'm really busy. I don't really have... time to to like Jody said what am I going to post today so yeah, I tend yeah. to post on Thursdays and Fridays because they're my when writing days and, and the weekend <laughs> so <laughs> Thursdays are like my writing day so it's normally something writing and then Fridays always the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like Friday it's yeah. cocktail it's, you've got to have a drink <laughs> I've waited but all I- week man <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to, though. Do what works for you. You say that works for you. At the end of the week, that's when you've got the time and it's when you feel you've got something interesting to put out there. And, Holly, you just love it all the time, so that works for you. And if it doesn't feel like a chore, then there's no problem with that. Exactly, Um, yeah. I think you've just got to do what works for you. I just love how the thing that's so interesting about this conversation, it's so good how we're all so different with the way that we approach everything. And I think that this um, episode for Danny is going to be great, actually, because so, we're so different in everything, like our, you know, publishing process and, um, you know, like all sorts of things. And the next thing I was going to ask, kind of to finish us off, um, was I wanted to ask this question. What are the realities of writing life versus 
what the public believes. So kind of like day in the life examples. Um, Polly and I did a podcast on this. The first one that we did actually was the misconceptions that people have about authors. So yeah, the realities of writing life versus what the public actually believe we're doing all day long. So let's start with you, Pip. Well, as I said, on Monday, Tuesday, half day Wednesday, I teach at a secondary school, teach um, English and special education. So I don't really get a chance to write very much at all, maybe in the afternoon when I get home from work. Um, Thursday, I write. So yeah. I do write club with um, Jody at 10 o'clock. I might have written before I get to Jody, but mostly I just have brekkie and sit around. <laughs> Wait for 10 o'clock. I'm a lazy writer. No, <laughs> wait for 10 o'clock and then get on the screen and make myself write with everybody else. Um, and then the rest of Thursday, I just write. So I'm not really write every day like they sort of tell you to do. I write Thursdays and Fridays and sometimes on the weekends. But even like today's Monday and I had this thing in my head all day about one of the characters and what was happening in this story that I'm writing. So I actually did come home this afternoon and quickly write it down. I have little bits of paper. I've got like a, I've got like a pad next to my bed that um, when I just wake up in the middle of the night or if I'm falling asleep and I have an idea, I write on the, the pad next to my bed. So I do like, because I can't sit down and write every day, like I imagine, authors do um which is what the I, public thinks you're doing yeah, the public thinks we're sitting down writing all day I write whenever I can I just write yeah. whenever I can yeah yeah what so about on the weekend you? Oh, sorry. it was my dad's 80th so I didn't write on Sunday because I couldn't I was at that yeah. so I just write whenever I can really and and the rest of the time I work <laughs> what I, I know <laughs> I've got to pay the mortgage man so I'm working <laughs> to pay the mortgage <laughs> Jody, what about you um you know I I guess for the a lot of the public perception is that authors have this very you know glamorous kind of life and you're you know invited to events and you're doing your public <laughs> speaking and you're doing your interviews like we are now um you know all that kind of stuff can you tell us what you think the difference is between <laughs> the reality of being an author and what the public perceives us to be well, definitely. I know I perceived authors to have a very different life to what I have. <laughs> you know, get up in the morning, have your coffee or your tea and then sit at the desk and just while away the hours, just the words flowing out of your fingertips and just spending <laughs> all day writing. That was my perception <laughs> until I actually did it. Yeah. Um, I know there are some authors who write full-time and that's their full-time job, but they're not, they're not actually writing those all eight hours of the day there's a lot of other things that go on with the writing which I think the first thing is that people don't understand um so for me I don't think I could possibly sit down and write for hours and hours on end like it's just it's such a mental drain a creative drain when you're actually for me when I'm writing that I can maybe do a two two hours and then I'm sort of done I'll either need to have a rest or do something different um, and then I might go back and do some more. Um, I work from home. We have our own business and I also do some property copywriting. So I have other things to do. Um, writing doesn't pay the bills for me. Maybe one day, but it doesn't yet. Um, <laughs> so I always, the paid work has to come first. So it's not glamorous. Yeah. You're doing yeah. the stuff you have to do. 
you know, there's always the housework. Um, there's the kids to look after. There's the animals to tend to who seem to annoy me all day long. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my writing day is just in between everything else. Um, yeah. Sometimes it might be half an hour. Uh, I like to do the Pomodoro method, whereas I write yeah. for 40 minutes and have 20 minutes or so off and then write for another 40 and then have another break. That works really well for me. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not glamorous. I mean, it's lovely doing podcast interviews and going to events and things like that. That's They're the perks, but they're, they're not the norm. So no, yeah, no. I think it's very different to what people it is because I so for me my personal experience is I am I do um I've I've got I work one day a week as a teacher and then the rest of the time is free for me where I could actually write every day all day if I wanted to but like you Jodie like I I just can't and I, I would rather go out and you know go for walks or you know do other things like meet other writers and 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 have other things outside of just sitting down at my laptop and writing unless it's something like where I'm in, you know, my structural edit um, stage, where wherever, where for three weeks, that's literally all I did. Um, but when I'm in the in the phase that I'm at now, where I'm just starting to write book three, um, you know, I'd rather do other things like the podcast with Polly, or you know, doing my write the write club um, classes and other things that are still linked to writing. But it's not me at my laptop writing eight hours a day. So. Um, and in terms of all the glamorous kind of thing, I love doing all this. I love doing the podcasts and meeting authors and all that kind of stuff. But it's definitely not this, you know, glamorous. Story. I'm I'm the same. I've still got my kids. They're out there right now. I've told them they can't come in. Like you, Jodie. <laughs> <laughs> still doing the washing, still doing all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting It's seeing what how the public perceives authors as these millionaires who got these huge big contracts and now they can just like you know slack off and write all day um if only yeah I know I would like to write more I'd love to be able to write all day but you probably wouldn't no no Jodie's right you don't actually sit there and write the whole time do you because you're up and down the whole time yes although I was very jealous this week because the um the romantic Australia were doing their the yeah. conference the conference yeah. yeah and i was looking at all the the instagram know, things going oh, i know that'd be so I nice know. that's a little bit glamorous that's a little that bit glamorous is, that did sound glamorous yeah. for their gala and their cocktail yeah, yeah that have was... you been there jody did you go uh, I, I went in 2019 but i only did the first day because we had something else on um but that was fun i mean those events where you're yeah. connecting um it, it sounds glamorous but it I think it's also work too it but is. it's a good part of the work because you're making connections you're talking with other writers who want to talk about books mm. and writing because I know my family don't want to talk <laughs> books and writing <laughs> my poor so husband it's great. Exactly. <laughs> it's great to go to those places where you can connect and talk about the, the thing that you love to do um so and it's so it's tr- the fun work it's yeah. so true. That is, I do consider that as work as work because it's us. We can't just be, you know, locking ourselves in the house all day, and and it's such an isolating job that you actually do need to get out and about and you know um, communicate with other authors and do all those kind of nice things. So yeah, that's the best part of the job. Um, yeah. I guess that sums up today's podcast of this versus that we've gone through lots of different so it's been really nice today just to be sitting here with you Jodie and Pip and getting to know you all like at a really at a deeper level 
and seeing what you've been up to. This has been really interesting. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. It's been great to talk to you both, Holly and Pip. Thank you so much. This has been great. I hope everyone out there listening gets at least something out of it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, it's lovely. Thank you so much, Holly, for leading us in our little chat. And uh, lovely to see you again, Jodie, and I'll see you on Thursday for Right Club and probably you too, Holly, when I do some other Right Clubs with you. (laughs) And make sure everybody look out for our books when they come next year. (laughs) And thanks for having us, Danny, too. Yes, thank you, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Bye. Bye. Bye.